Stations are ten a penny. Can I have ten radio stations, please? That'll be a penny, love. Thank you. There is one radio station. There can be only one. There can be only one. There can be only one. That stands out from the crowd. I want that one. All right. What is this thing? It's River Radio. There can be only one. One that's made entirely out of syrup. Hello, this is Amelia Fish. I am a registered associate nutritionist and you are listening to The Reset on River Radio. This show is all about nutrition and shaking off those common myths and misconceptions around food. On today's show, we are going to be covering one of possibly my favourite topics to chat about in nutrition and that is plant-based diets. We are going to be chatting all about what they are, the common barriers that people face when they are following a plant-based diet or why they may not want to follow one and also some great tips and advice for you. I am joined in the studio today by Sam and if you have any questions for us about today's show don't forget that you can email me directly at amelia at river.radio. So Sam... I'm really excited about today's show. I lo- I really love chatting about plant-based nutrition. But what does plant-based nutrition mean to you? Vegetables. Uh-huh. Is that it? Is that's that the first it. word that comes to yeah, mind? Yeah, I mean, that's such a bloke thing to say, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, um, if there's no green on the plate, my wife does moan at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. She's like, where's the green? Where is the green? And I'm like in the fridge all the colors all the colors is what we're looking for with any any diet not just plant-based diet just um we're looking for a whole variety of colors on our plates but plant-based nutrition as a dietary pattern um i guess to me many people would first of all say veganism now veganism can come under a plant-based diet but they are slightly different things because plant-based diet is like an umbrella term for lots of different Um, terms it can be used to incorporate people who are vegetarian people who are reducing their animal uh, protein intake Mm -hmm. and people who are flexitarians too or pescatarians overall what a plant-based diet is is having a reliance on plant-based proteins and few or no ingredients that come from animal and animal-based proteins so really focusing on your vegetables your whole grains legumes nuts seeds and fruits yeah. <laughs> Whereas when you're chatting about veganism, it's more a way of life. So you don't eat any animal or animal based products, but also you're considering um, your veganism um, when you're thinking about like makeup and cleaning products and all of these other things as well. Your clothes, the ethics of where it's come from. Right. And I, I go back to a simple point. Mm-hmm. Why bother? Why bother? Well, that's what we're going to be chatting about today. What, what are the benefits of a plant based diet? So there's so many um, and it's some of them are to do with reducing animal and animal based products and some of them are to do with the benefits that you get from increasing your reliance on plant based proteins. So I guess a big one to begin with is heart health and your reliance on animal on plant based proteins. Now, what do you know about cardiovascular health? Do you know like how, how does our nutrition affect it? I know if you have fatty, high cholesterol mm-hmm. foods, it blocks your arteries. Yeah. Other than that, not a lot. 
It's true. So mainly to do with saturated fats. So that's our hard fats if you're looking for them, like your butters and lards, anything that's solid is generally a saturated fat. Anything that's liquid, like the oils, are unsaturated fats and they have different effects. That's a great way to remember it. Yeah. The one exception that we currently have is coconut oil. And we don't really know much about coconut oil. There definitely is a health halo around it. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely seems to be associated, you know, with people who are more health conscious. They're trying different things. They're trying coconut oil. But it's, it is a solid fat, but mm-hmm. it has a very interesting fatty acid profile. So the fatty acids are the things that make up the overall fat. Um, and it has a combination of unsaturated and saturated fatty acids in it. And no other fat that we know, like the butter or the oils, have a combination like that we see in coconut oil. So have you switched to coconut oil? Um, it's sometimes in my dietary pattern and sometimes not. Um, I don't tend to give out like what I personally eat, Mm -hmm. but my general recommendation would be, we don't know enough about it to say that it has health benefits or say that it's going to, you know, have a negative effect on our health. What we can say though, is things like extra virgin olive oil do most likely have health benefits for our heart health. So why is it extra virgin? Why is it not just virgin oil? So the studies show, so what, what is the difference? I guess that question is what the difference is between extra virgin olive oil and olive oil. And the main difference is the fact that the extra virgin is like the first pressing of the olives. Okay. And then after that, there's either additional mechanical pressings or chemical pressings. And um, personally, I'm not an expert in, you know, the processing of olive oil, but I would assume that it comes down to the fact that the majority of the beneficial nutrients are extracted within that first pressing. Right, got yeah. you. Um, but there are randomised control trials, so that's the highest quality of evidence that we have that do show that it's associated with beneficial effects on our health. So, you know, when we're reducing saturated fats in our diets, which are associated with uh, things like animal meats, so they have lots of saturated fats through them. Like if you look at a steak, you can see the fat, can't you? Mm. And but that's good fat. It is a saturated fat. Um, And what saturated fats can do is that they can build up in our blood vessels. And uh, in doing so, they can start to occlude our arteries. Um, And there's lots of pro-inflammatory processes that go on when saturated fats build up in our arteries. Um, And that can cause the the build-up to then rupture and cause a blood clot and that cannot be uh, that blood clot then goes around our body and obviously occludes elsewhere and leads to risk of cardiovascular diseases such as heart attacks like myocardial infarctions and also strokes it's a big reason to reduce our saturated fat in our diets sure and i I don't disagree with that Mm -hmm. but when you're cooking a steak it's Mm -hmm. that 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 melted fat that actually adds to the caramelization uh-huh. of it that makes that, it so tasty absolutely and i will never take that away i'd never ask someone who does not want to reduce animal proteins from their diet to take them out because they can be super enjoyable and people can really really like them um and that caramelization i remember learning about it at uni it's called the maillard reaction for anyone uh interested mm-hmm. um and it's the same uh, reaction that happens you know when you're cooking onions and they go super yeah. caramelized too um 
So definitely not. And I think that's why I like plant-based so much as a term when we're chatting with people about nutrition, because it's not necessarily totally excluding animal proteins from our diet. It's just increasing the reliance on plant-based proteins Mm -hmm. and decreasing the reliance on animal-based proteins. So it's not to say they can't have a place. It's just maybe we can think of some alternatives in some meals too. Okay. So... Is it a case of balance again? Of course, it's a case of balance. I think if anyone tunes into this uh, uh, radio show every week, they're going to hear me say the words balance and nourish quite a lot. Gotcha. Uh, Moderation, uh, finding things that you enjoy. These are all things that I'm going to be chatting about. Um, And that's definitely a key theme through today's show as well. Um, This show is not about asking you to completely cut out a food group if you don't want to. It's just maybe have a think about considering reducing your reliance on them everything in moderation yeah and I guess what a lot of people think is uh, or what we see is our grandparents generation they had meat was a luxury meat was expensive then um, but as we've come through time it's become a lot more affordable and a lot more available so we have it a lot more often and we've seen a shift in dietary patterns over the past hundred years so hundred years ago you may have had meat on a Sunday and that was it at most and now it's become a commonplace in our diets which doesn't necessarily support our health. No I think um, for anyone who follows the 16-8 fasting diet. 16-8 that's not one I've heard of. Is it 16? Is, is this an hourly thing? Yes. Oh okay yeah I do know what you're talking so, about. So I think it's 16.8. Yeah, that's mm. 24 hours. Yeah. Last I checked. Because you had me worried there. <laughs> I was thinking my maths has gone. Um, so, yeah, again, one of those is not to put so much meat structure into your body because it's harder to break down. Mm. Um, and, and they recommend more of a plant-based diet because it's easier for the body to break down. Mm. But also when you go into a fasting state, then your body kicks in with chemicals that actually start to repair. Yeah, and it's interesting to chat um, like about like the 16-8 dietary pattern. And I have heard people that it does work for, but it's not something that works for everyone. And you don't necessarily need to fast to be healthy. Um, it's just about finding what works for you and your diet. Again, coming back to balance and listening to your body, there is definitely not a one-size-fits-all approach to this. Yeah. Um, you also mentioned something interesting, which was about cholesterol. Mm. And I thought we'd just have a quick fun fact before we go into our first song of today's show, which was that actually the cholesterol in foods, so classically high uh, cholesterol foods would be seafood and eggs, don't actually have, they have a very, very minimal impact on our bodily's cholesterol levels. So is it good cholesterol? Is that even a word? Oh, yeah. So I don't often like to use good and bad when we're talking about food because it's never that simple and you need to put it into a whole dietary pattern. But when we're talking about the molecules, you do have things that we, um, when we talk about them, we'll talk about good and bad cholesterol. If you're looking for what we're chatting about, the good cholesterol Mm -hmm. is the HDL. It's called high-density lipoproteins. Okay. And LDL, that is... The bad cholesterol, which is low-density lipoproteins. Gotcha. Um, and basically, this is coming back to our heart health. When LDL, when we have LDL in our bodies, it goes around our, it leaves our liver and it goes around our bodies, and sometimes it can go into our, our 
blood vessel walls. And when it sits there, it gets oxidized and it causes oxidative damage. And that causes the clots that we, uh, that causes the, uh, the plaques, which can cause the clots that we were chatting about earlier. Um, but what HDL does is that it can go and it can basically pick up LDL and take it back to the liver for processing. So it reduces our bad cholesterol mm-hmm. in our bloodstream, which is really good. And, you know, you can get HDL through uh, like a better balance of these three following more of a plant-based diet um but the thing is we really can't influence our cholesterol levels that much it is a genetic factor because it's produced in our liver so i think it's about 75 percent of our cholesterol in our bloodstream currently is produced in our liver and if you went down to eating no cholesterol at all do not recommend this and it's probably pretty impossible to mm. do um but our liver will just uh, produce 100 percent of our bodily needs because we do need cholesterol it's um really important for the cell structure it forms a vital part there so we do need it and ultimately a lot of our cholesterol levels do come down to genetics can influence it slightly through dietary and lifestyle factors but it is a lot of genetics. And if you have high cholesterol, it's probably worth chatting with your GP about. So it's nurture versus nature. It is. It is. And, you know, there's only basically what we're saying is there's something that we can do through dietary and lifestyle factors. But there is such a big genetic influence there. But, you know, I think we've chatted a bit about saturated fats now. We've chatted a bit about uh, cholesterol and our heart health. Um, So we're going to chat a bit more about that when we come back. And a few other facts about following a plant-based diet right after this song. So I'm going to play As It Was by Harry Styles. Um... Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some... Music, try this.
This is Amelia Fish on River Radio and you are listening to The Reset. Today I am chatting with you and Sam all about um, plant-based nutrition, um, which is one of my favourite topics. So, so far today we've chatted a bit about heart health and specifically that around uh, our reliance on saturated fats, which are commonly when we rely a lot more on uh animal-based proteins but they can be found when we rely on plant-based proteins so don't worry we will be giving you lots of tips later in the show about how we can follow a balanced sustainable and nourishing plant-based diet um but first we're going to chat a bit about you know the benefits that uh following a plant-based diet can have and really increasing our intake of things like legumes and pulses fruits and vegetables um because these are all high in like things like fiber and fiber is great for our heart health um and it's also rich in um they're low in pro-inflammatory molecules and saturated fats and usually quite rich in antioxidants. So I guess uh, antioxidants is a term that a lot of people will have heard of, but what really are they doing? So every physiological and metabolic process, you know, the process of everyday living requires energy. And in using energy, our body creates things called free radicals. You may have heard about these in chemistry lessons at school, but what they are is molecules that move super, super fast. um, And as they move around really quickly, they can cause damage. Uh, And a free radical, they cause oxidative damage. And as um, they need soothing... So what an antioxidant can do is that it can soothe it by donating something to that free radical and really soothing it. And things like fruits and vegetables are actually electron donators, which donate an electron to a free radical and soothe that process. Um, So our fruits and vegetables are having an antioxidant effect on these daily processes um, and reducing the oxidative stress in our body. So that's another reason why uh, increasing our fruit and veg intake can really help us support our health. Coming on to another question now, though, which is often asked, and Sam, I'm really intrigued to hear your thoughts about this. Meat alternatives, are they healthier? Are they healthier than um, having, you know, a meat product? I think the first and foremost is, are they tastier? Uh-huh. That's a really good question. Are right. they? Uh, not in my taste bud sense, right? They may well be getting better, but the last mm. time I had a meat substitute. But having said that, you know, I'm talking about um, Mo Farah's product that he advertises on the radio and the tv Mm -hmm. which i won't mention (laughs) which is very sort of dryish and doesn't feel Mm. very meaty and feels very rubbery Mm -hmm. but they have i know that certain burger companies in the united states have now got uh plant-based meat looking substitutes by all accounts they taste brilliant i haven't tried Mm. one yet myself so um that that's my acid yeah. test does it taste as good i think that's a great first test absolutely um i really <sighs> enjoy like personally i think uh you know the i remember when i first tried my first corn sausage and <laughs> it was at school and it was awful i really didn't like it and t- 
that to be fair it put me off for a number of years of actually going to try another one but over the recent years I've been trying lots of alternatives and I quite enjoy experimenting you know when I go into a supermarket I'll have an idea that of roughly what I would like to buy but I quite like having a look at the different sections and seeing oh there's something new that I could try today let's see how that is and Mm. I would definitely say that the alternatives are getting tastier um, and more delicious but I guess there's other factors to consider here isn't there so if you're currently reliant on uh, meat and then having an alternative that may be healthier it might be because it may be you know Uh, made up of soya and soya we know has lots of health benefits specifically for our heart health because it's high in fiber however if you are already having a really whole foods diet which is all like you're already having things like mushroom burgers (coughs) (coughs) sorry about that if you're already having things like mushroom burgers or bean burgers then maybe having a a meat substitute may not be healthier than that. So I think it's all considering it in context, but as you say, also considering the taste. And, you know, you pointed out, I always say it, in moderation, everything in moderation is great. Um, So what's the main thing to look out for? Your labels. Is this product high in saturated fats? Is it high in salt? Is it high in sugar? because it may be because it is a more processed food so it might require all these things to um, ensure that it's uh, its shelf life is longer however um, it also you also need to consider the amount of protein in there because some meat alternatives um, off the top of my head I had the other day I actually tried a plant-based fish uh, and I had it with chips and peas and it was delicious okay stop <laughs> <coughs> A plant-based fish. Yeah. Now we really are going off the, the the topic here. You can't have a plant-based fish. Oh, it was really nice. It However, tastes the fish. No, it didn't. No. It was more. It was more that the idea was there. Right. Um. However, it was made of jackfruit. What's jackfruit? Jackfruit is a great, like it's a great um thing. It's a type of fruit, and it can be made into things. I now know like fish, um, but also. By the way, it was breaded fish. Like, you know how you get, like, it wasn't a fish fillet. (laughs) They're not producing salmon fillets just yet. (laughs) Um, And then, but commonly, most commonly, I've seen it made into things like shredded duck for duck wraps. However, it's a fruit. It is not a protein alternative. So if you are choosing jackfruit, you need to make sure that you're having enough protein as well. So getting something else onto that plate always get somebody else onto the plate if you've got a plant-based fish yeah (laughs) i had chips with it and mushy peas and it was actually really really good i liked it um however you definitely need to get some protein on there too um i also see and a recipe that i love to make is scrambled tofu you're thinking no i'm processing you're processing i can see it behind your eyes going on again it's not it's not lighting up the old taste buds okay wait for my recipe and we'll we'll have to rediscuss this because i think it's delicious and also tofu is made from soya soya beans and soya beans are a complete source of protein Mm -hmm. now protein is something that people tend to worry about going onto a plant-based diet and the reason for that is meat 
is a complete source of protein. And I know that doesn't really mean much to many people, but basically proteins are all made up of amino acids. We call them the building blocks of proteins. They're little molecules. And a certain number of them are essential. That means we cannot make them in our bodies. We have to eat them through our diet. And what makes meat such a great source of protein is that it contains all of the essential amino acids, whereas many plant foods don't. That doesn't mean that you can't get them through plant-based foods. It just means you're going to have to work a bit harder. However, soybeans, um, quinoa, are complete sources of these proteins. So they're, they're a great alternative. Um, but if you're thinking about like complementary things, just having a whole variety in your diet means that you'll get all of the essential amino acids there too. Excellent. So are you recommending mm-hmm. that we all transfer to plant-based food? Are you saying the health benefit and the planetary benefit are significantly high enough to justify Mm. that transfer? What a question. And I think we're going to answer this question and then go for a song. Um, And my answer would be yes. Okay. So I don't generally push anyone towards a a specific diet. I definitely work with people to find something individualised to them. But ultimately, reducing our reliance on animal and animal-based proteins, that's not necessarily cutting them out, it's reducing our reliance on them and increasing the plant-based foods in our diet ultimately is a, a more, balance it, more balanced and has more health benefits and supports both our health and the health of the planet. So my answer would be yes. Good interesting i'll think about it then okay you have a think about that and i think we're gonna play another song so we're gonna now play beautiful by Anne marie across the thames valley one more time across the thames valley this this is river radio Ooh. well now for some pop music try this yeah got so many things that i want to change and everybody's got something to say but that's just who
is a part of us, darling, when they put you down like that, yeah, you can reply right back, we are beautiful, yeah, I know, I know we are, we are beautiful. This is Amelia Fish on the Reset on River Radio. Uh, today I am joined in the studio by Sam and we are chatting all about plant-based nutrition, uh, which is one of my favourite topics to chat about. And so far today we've talked about some of the health benefits that may be associated with uh, going more plant-based. And these can include uh, reducing your risk of cardiovascular disease and hypertension, so your heart disease. Um, but also there's some other benefits, uh, for example, uh, reducing your risk of type 2 diabetes also it may reduce your risk of some cancers so it's a really interesting uh, dietary pattern to consider and have a little think about um, and we started in that last section talking about some of the nutrients that you may need to be more aware of when going more plant-based and we started off with protein um, and we're now going to chat about a few more of these but if you have missed the show so far today and would like to listen in and catch up don't forget that the show is released short after the live as a podcast and and can be found on all your main podcast platforms. So Sam, thinking about some of the other nutrients that you may want to be more aware of if relying more on plant-based proteins, can you think of any others that you might might come to mind straight away? Nutrients? Yeah. Uh, No, if I'm really honest, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think. I mean... No, so apologies. Absolutely. Um, no, it's it's a very it's an interesting question and I think it raises it, it highlights that it's something to consider looking into, you know, if you have no idea before going to this dietary pattern, definitely have a research, maybe reach out to a registered nutritionist or a dietitian or your GP and find out some more information because we don't want to be reducing animal-based proteins and not replacing them with anything else because that will leave a gap in our diet and our nutrient profile. Yeah, I mean, what as I said, I, I, I do tend to read quite widely mm-hmm. and there's a book I read that I loved mm. Um by a guy called Dr. Diamato, and it was okay. Eat Right for Your Blood Type. Interesting. And what we're talking about here is it's the transition from meat to, to protein, vegetable-based. Mm-hmm. And so the first part of the book describes the, the generic major blood typings, O, mm. A, and B, right? And O is the original blood type, out of Africa, nomadic, meat-based, very structured around that. And so your body's capability to break down meat substances a being agriculturally Mm -hmm. based it was the nomads who then settled in the mediterranean and b for some strange reason being asian but i don't get that one but anyway Mm. um so one of the things in that book talked about if you were a um type o 
actually mm-hmm. having blood, sorry, having a protein-based, vegetable-based uh, diet wouldn't be very mm. good for you, and conversely, the other way around. Don't know if you, well, obviously, clearly, you haven't read that book yet from your your uh, initial <laughs> initial view, no. and and. And again, that may be something that's a dated piece of research mm. because I read it about 10 years ago, but it didn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Uh, uh-huh. They were talking about the Atkins diet, why it worked for some and it didn't work for others mm-hmm. and because a heavily meat-based diet, which is what it was because it was protein-based supposedly, would bring in ketones mm-hmm. and allow you to lose weight. That was the theoretical side of mm. it. But what they found was type A's were struggling with it yeah. because they couldn't break down the meat. Um, I think there's a couple of things on that. So I, I, I've been at uni for five years and studying nutrition and we never learn about um, a blood type based diet, which to me it would suggest that it's possibly not the most evidence based one currently, currently up to date. Um It's something that you don't need to be healthy. Definitely not. You know, we don't need to do a blood test to know what dietary pattern can help to improve your health. I would also like to mention, so like you have things like hormonal tests that I'll quite often see people going for to determine what nutrition they should be having. And again, a lot of those are not evidence-based. They can definitely say that. Um, And ultimately they are a waste of money. Um, you also mentioned diets such as the keto diet and this is something to be really careful of Um, it's not beneficial for our health generally we would not recommend it unless you have certain medical conditions under which it would be supervised by your doctor Um, other than that there's no real indication for this diet to support your health okay so it goes back to your original premise which is you know, balanced mm, moderation, yeah, um, and, and less supplemental, yeah, um, w- which will give us that longevity of of uh, diet as opposed to these. F- let's use the yeah. word fad diets. Yeah, I mean they're all they all are based in some element of truth. Mm-hmm. What they've done is they've extrapolated that element. So the ketone diet or the Atkins diet, I can see the what he was aiming at: mm. reduce carbs increased protein ketosis comes in because of it Mm. just it will naturally happen if you do that it does but it can also cause things like ketoacidosis right which is not good we don't want that happening because it can cause stress on our body the other one is actually they found was that if you reduced your body fat to a certain lower level one of your sources of protein or fat was your brain and it was Mm. it was called An attack on your brain. So our bodies are really smart. Um, when we don't provide it with the energy that it requires, it will start to break down its own our, uh, our own body for energy. Uh, initially, so there's initial processes that happen, and when starvation continues, it will go for the fat. But when there's no fat left, it will go for muscle. And we have both skeletal muscle, but we also have muscle in our organs, mm-hmm. and it will oh, start. Really? Yeah, all of our organs have muscle, so mm. it will start breaking down the protein in those two. So we really want to avoid that. And the best way that we can, 
you know avoid that is one not restricting our diets making sure that we have enough energy and protein i don't restrict my diet that is a problem <laughs> no never a problem never a problem oh yes it is i have to buy new clothes that's a problem we can chat about that later <laughs> and then also though making sure you have carbohydrates carbohydrates are made up of glucose molecules and glucose is the primary energy f- fuel that our body uses it's really needed so if that's not enough reason though we so serotonin a lot of people will have heard of serotonin it's doped as our happy hormone mm-hmm. um but serotonin on its own cannot pass the blood brain barrier it requires so it, but what can is um an amino acid called tryptophan mm-hmm. and uh tryptophan we can get it through our diet but what tryptophan needs to cross that barrier is carbohydrates like a little transport yeah and then tryptophan in our brain can can be converted into serotonin which is our happy hormone so we really need carbohydrates please don't go cutting them out um, unless it's in the keto diet that you have a medical condition and you have been speaking with your doctor and it's a supervised diet gotcha um but coming back to our plant-based diets and other things that we can be lacking omega-3s because if you're reducing your fish intake, and this isn't just, I guess, for plant-based diets. I know a lot of people have an aversion to fish too. So omega-3s are an important one to be looking out for. And, you know, a lot of people will say, oh, but can't I get my omega-3s from things like walnuts and linseeds? But actually, yes, in in the sense you can get a certain type of omega-3 from that. And that's, uh, in the short term, it's called ALA, A-L-A. However, the kind of omega-3s that you find in fish are, we call them EPA and DHA, and they are the two that have the health effects, the health benefits. Um, And whilst ALA can be converted into EPA and DHA, it's a really inefficient process. So we don't have the health benefits associated with ALA, which is found in your your walnuts and your linseeds. What we can do This is a growing area of research. It's not, um, you know, I can't give you an exact recommendation yet because it's not fully researched, but the research is emerging regarding algae. And basically how how the fish eat the, get the EPA and the DHA is by eating algae. So there's suggestions in the research that supplementing with an algae supplement, if you do not eat fish, might produce some of the health benefits associated with EPA and DHA, which is the omega-3s found in fish. Cool. Do we need omega-6? Interesting question. So omega-3 is anti-inflammatory and omega-6 is pro-inflammatory. And people will go, oh no, I don't want any pro-inflammatories. We do need some of it, but I think last time I checked the research, it was we need it in a ratio of three to one of omega-3 to omega-6. The issue in the Western diet is that it's completely opposite way and way higher omega-6, so it's really pro-inflammatory. So the answer is we do need a little bit of it, but again, less than we need the omega-3. And so it's the ratio of the omega-6 to the omega-3 that's really important. And because we can't get it so easily in our diet through natural mechanisms maybe partly because of cost as well yeah uh, and a lot of salmon that people have is farmed salmon which mm-hmm. doesn't include a lot of the omega-3s that we want mm. um is a diet like we talked about vitamin d before yeah um is a diet with a supplemental of omega-3 a better option then yeah so if if you are not eating fish because of the taste 
absolutely go for a fish oil supplement because you're going to get the omegas through that. If you're not eating it because you do not eat fish or, uh, you know, animal products, consider the algae supplement. Uh, I can't give you an exact recommendation for it yet because the research is not there to back it. But on a principle of it's unlikely to do any harm and it could do some good, on that principle, it would be recommended to take it. But again, you know, the research is growing in this area and hopefully soon we'll be able to give you some more information about it. Um, I think we're going to play one more song and then we're going to come back and we're going to discuss vitamin B12 which is another one of those that we potentially should be supplementing if we are following a plant-based diet but not if we are uh, including animal-based proteins in our diet so it's an interesting one that we will be coming up to onto next but for now we are going to play Heat Waves by Glass Animals Across the Thames Valley One more time Across the Thames Valley This This is River Radio Well, now for some pop music Try this Heat waves 
great song um so this is amelia fish i am a registered associate nutritionist and you are currently listening to the reset on river radio today we have been chatting all about plant-based nutrition which one is one of my personal favorite areas to chat about um we've spoken about some of the benefits that are associated with following a plant-based diet what it is what a plant-based diet really is um and so far a few of the deficiencies that you may need to be aware of and considering when you're following a plant-based diet so so far we've chatted about proteins um and also omega-3s and Sam asked me some great questions um especially about omega-3 and omega-6 and the ratio that we're looking for there um so following on from that uh it's really important to consider this ratio regarding the health benefits um and the classical western diet that we follow actually has quite a high ratio of omega-6 which is the pro-inflammatory molecule to omega-3 um so that can create inflammation however if you looked at like a mediterranean style diet this actually reverses the ratio and it's um almost more favorable towards the omega-3s which are anti-inflammatory um and the mediterranean uh style diet is more plant-based there's lots more reliance on plant-based proteins but it does still include a moderate intake of fish and uh poultry and then a very small to low consumption of um uh, other meats so you know it's all about this moderation that we keep on chatting about today now before that last song I did mention that we're going to chat about a couple more of the deficiencies that you might need to consider um, if going plant-based and one of them commonly chatted about is vitamin b12 Um, now you only need small amounts of this essential vitamin Um, however if you are deficient in it there may be symptoms such as uh, fatigue which is tiredness um, and a few other other things going on there so do be aware of it Um, however it It's unlikely that if you are vegetarian that you will be deficient in this because um, there are some other sources of B12, for example, dairy products and eggs uh, do contain B12. Now, if you are vegan, so you don't have dairy or egg in your diet, or these are other things that you have decided to cut out, um, there are some fortified foods that you can choose. So, for example, uh, nutritional yeast is a great source of vitamin B12, but you also may want to consider a supplement for this, but do ask your health uh, care professional about that. 
And then just a couple of other points before we go on to some advice that you need to maybe consider looking out for uh, would be your vitamin D. But this is something that the whole whole population needs to consider um, as well. Your calcium. Now there's now great alternatives. So quite commonly, uh, plant based milks are now fortified with calcium. And in addition, iodine, because I our best source of iodine is actually from milk. Um, And if we are reducing our reliance on uh, cow's milk in our diet then we may need to consider making sure that the the alternative that we have definitely has iodine in it um so these are a couple of the other nutrients that you might need to consider when going plant-based but if you really are unsure about what you should be having in a plant-based diet please do just maybe reach out to a nutritionist or a dietitian or maybe even your gp if you don't know where to start um, and they can give you some more advice about this now i've just been rejoined in the studio by sam and sam today we've chatted all about what a plant-based diet is we've chatted about some of the health benefits associated with uh, relying more on plant-based proteins. We've talked about some of the the nutrients that you may be deficient in, but we're coming towards the end of the show and I do want to leave our listeners with some advice about how to follow a nourishing and balanced plant-based diet before we leave. How does that sound? Cool. Yeah. I might be a convert. Oh, interesting. Maybe we'll catch up with you in a few weeks' time and see how you're doing. Yeah, the new Lena Mina fighting machine version. (laughs) So, well, do you know what? It's interesting that you say that because a lot of people think um, because if I go plant-based, I can't be an athlete, I can't exercise. But more and more, we're seeing so many athletes thriving off of a plant-based diet. Yeah, no, at the last Olympics, a lot of the athletes converted. Absolutely. So it is possible to, you know, have a balanced diet, but also thrive off of this plant-based diet. So how are we going to follow it to make sure that we have a complete nourishing diet? Because... We're going to put sugar into vegetables and then I'll be fine. Okay, well, that's that's an interesting point because, you know, whilst I've been saying throughout today's episode that following a plant-based diet uh, has many health benefits, it's not automatically a healthy dietary pattern. It's still got to be nourishing and contain a whole variety of foods. You can't, you know, just choose one food group and just go for that Um Again, we're still thinking about all of the recommendations with reducing our sugar intake, reducing our salts and saturated fats. We're still thinking about all of that just in the context of having more of a reliance on animal based uh, on oh I slipped up then <laughs> on plant based ah, protein. You say secretly she's a meat eater. <laughs> um so I, in the past, have taken what you call a coloured-based diet, right? Yeah, that's my first piece of advice here, eating the rainbow. Yes. Well I've done that in a liquid format though. Okay, what do you mean? Juicing. Mm. So I can't stand raw beetroot, Mm -hmm. but I love beetroot juice. Cool. Uh, I love raw carrots, though I'm okay, and I love carrot juice, Uh but I can't stand cooked carrot. Okay. Um, And and, and so on and so forth. So I will have celery when it's juiced, but I don't quite like the crunchy nature of celery. Mm -hmm. So actually what I try and do now is have a vegetable-based juice Mm -hmm. which is contains spinach and celery Mm -hmm. and cucumber but mixed with as i said sugar Uh but in the sugar uh, natural sugar so i might put pineapple juice with it Uh and so for me that combination i get i hope and i'm Mm going to ask the nutrient values Mm. from the plant combined with a sweetener which is natural to give me that sort of "Mm, it's not as bad as i think matron 
Absolutely. And, you know, it's completely about finding what works for you. And if getting all the colours in that way works completely, I'm definitely not advocating for like a juice diet, you know, only relying on juices 24 hours a day for seven days. Absolutely not advocating that. However, you know, if in the morning you're thinking, oh, I'm really struggling to get any fruit or veg into my breakfast absolutely make a juice it's great as well that you're putting so many veg in there I would completely advise that to anyone if it's something that you like you know if if you really don't like that don't do it but it's if for you getting them in like that and you like it that's great we have another radio episode where we spoke all about sugars so definitely go check that one out I won't go into it too much on today's show because I know we're coming to the end um but just for a quick piece of recommendation um one portion of juice like a fruit juice contributes to one of your five a day one portion of it which is Mm -hmm. 150 mils it's a lot less than you think however when you have more than one portion of it it's then usually contributing to your sugar intake because the sugars are more available the sugar profile however whilst you're still uh, having sugar you've got to consider that you are also having all of those nutrients rather than just having table sugar, for example. So, you know, it's a lot more nourishing as a drink. So definitely there's a lot of things to consider. And I think the importance of it is putting into a whole dietary pattern. But we've just covered our first piece of advice, which is eating the rainbow, eating as many colors as you can. And do you know what? That's also um, eating variety. And that comes back to what we were chatting about right at the beginning of the show, which is proteins and making sure that we get all of those essential proteins um these essential amino acids that we need making sure we have a variety of legumes nuts seeds pulses all of these brown rice whole grains all of these will have some amino acids in that will make sure that we're getting enough protein in our diet the next piece of advice i have for us today is to consider your deficiencies now this is an interesting one because for people who aren't uh you know Uh, cutting out an entire food group it's not something so much to consider but if you are completely cutting out all meat dairy products um, and eggs then you really should think about your deficiencies and consider a supplement if appropriate Uh, so we've spoken about the b12 uh, we've considered iodine and a few more of these so definitely chat with your healthcare professional about them because we want to make sure that you're still getting a complete balance um and you know i've got one final piece of advice for us today which is planning you know it's it's a simple tip and it probably goes across all dietary patterns you know whether you choose to follow like a mediterranean diet um one that is focused on animal proteins or if it's focused on plant-based proteins but having a plan so you know maybe that's at the start of a week the start of three days the start of a fortnight make a rough plan about what you're going to have to eat now I'm not saying make a meal plan I'm not saying every day you need to know what you're going to have for breakfast lunch and dinner that's very regimented and can create stress in some people it can work for others but I know a lot of people that can be quite stressful for But having a general idea, knowing that for this, I've got maybe five dinners in my head that I could make from this meal. And they're all five balanced meals and they're going to provide me with a variety of nutrients. Having that idea in your head, you know, it doesn't have to be set to a certain day, but having the idea that I'm going to have these nutrients, knowing that they are going to provide you with a complete range of nutrients that are going to nourish you and meet all of your dietary requirements is a great idea. I agree, and I think it's a wonderful concept. Mm-hmm. Being a male, it's probably never going to happen. I mean, I wouldn't say it's 
gender associated but (laughs) (laughs) fair enough fair enough I think what what can we do to help support people with it though even you know thinking about before you go to the supermarket making a shopping list I think that's a great idea I mean I I, look I'm I'm being slightly facetious I think uh planning is absolutely critical um whenever I've actually focused on my diet as Mm -hmm. opposed to just drifted through my diet um yeah um, that moment when you're hungry, then mm-hmm. you reach for the, you know, the the sweeties or the or the the crisps when you shouldn't. Yeah. Only mm-hmm. comes because you haven't planned through your diet. Whereas if you know and you're eating a regular basis and it's all planned, yeah, actually you can fight hunger quite well. Yeah, and you know, I, I've chatted about this on previous episodes, especially when I've like talked about intuitive eating, um, because it is completely okay to have these cravings and to um, meet them and to um, enjoy those foods. Mm-hmm. As we always say, it's having a balance and it's all about moderation, but definitely having the alternatives. So it's not just such a, a simple choice just to easily go for that. I guess that comes into you might be putting so much effort into making a really delicious dinner one night. Mm-hmm. Why not make extra of it, put it in the freezer, you're saving time for later and you've also got a really nourishing meal for another day. Uh, Yeah, fully agree with that. Again, um, just again, it comes down to preparation and planning, doesn't it? Because um, if you plan to do a double meal, then you'll have the ingredients. Most people don't plan the double meal. Yeah, so absolutely. So what our three tips today were eating a variety of foods and making sure that they're covering the entire uh, colour spectrum of the rainbow, if possible, Uh, considering your deficiencies and also making sure that you plan those meals um, would be my three top tips following a plant-based diet. Brilliant. I will follow those. Brilliant. And also, please do bear in mind, if this is something that you're going for and you're not entirely sure whether it's right for you, chat with a nutritionist, chat with a dietitian or your GP, and they'll be able to give you some more advice. This is Amelia Fish. You have been listening to The Reset on River Radio. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great chatting all about plant-based nutrition. Uh, If you have missed this episode and would like to catch up, you can uh, find it on all podcast platforms such as Spotify and Apple or on the website at river.radio. I hope you all have a lovely day and do join me again next week. We're going to finish out with a song by Ed Sheeran and it is Barcelona. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley. This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this. Get up, up on the dance floor tonight. I got two left feet and a bottle of red wine. Making me feel like the beat in the bass line. in my blood, both hands up on a waistline. Get on up, baby, dance to the rhythm.
Dive in to River Radio.